0: This is a way for us to truly just cement what the Lord is doing and for us to be in that state, in that posture of receiving, um, not only receiving because we want to hear from the Lord about what our year should look like, but more so intentionally just praising Him for being good. We know that He is sovereign. We know that He is love. We know that He is uh, steadfast. We know that He is constant. We know that He is so present in what is going on in the world at large. And while it might appear like things are becoming more bleak, it's it's no surprise to God. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. When the Lord prompted me to do a water fast as the way that I was entering into the year, I had no idea what would fully be in store and I am so grateful that I said yes and even more grateful that I extended the invitation to a group of people, anybody in the community really was welcome and there's been lots of new faces and new spouses and romances that have been formed and friendships that have been established and I'm so excited about that more so understanding that over the course of my fast i really felt the lord having me lean into the brides the body the fullness the community the essence of his kingdom and it's not a me-centered endeavor even though i've definitely done fast for myself and my body is the one failing me in moments of headaches and caffeine you know moments and desires and wanting to jump into the kitchen but i was able to do far greater things with a group of people alongside me. And so I encourage you this year as you're contemplating the things that God is calling you into, maybe he's calling a collective into it. And perhaps you're just the leader of that specific endeavor. And so you're going to hear me on my Pedal and Preach. It's back and in action. I will be going at 6 a.m. I believe on Wednesdays is when we're going to secure it. But it's going to be amazing. My one rule, remember, when you listen to Pedal and Preach is I'm literally doing this live on a Peloton. So you have to at least go walk because listening to me huff and puff is just weird. And so I'm excited for you to indulge and hear what my heart state was what God was revealing to me in my quiet times through this fast, and ultimately what I see and how it's going to lead us into 2024. It's a little different than a New Year's resolution or a word, language, or a goal conversation for all of the entrepreneurs that are on this podcast, but I really believe that if we as an entrepreneurial group, as a kingdom in business marketplace ministry group can come together and start fasting regularly as a discipline for Christ, it is going to change the trajectory of what it is that we think with our own mind, our own limited self, our own limited bodies, what we're capable of. I think imposter syndrome will be gone. I think we will flee from the enemy's strongholds in so many different ways, shapes, and forms. And this is a way to do it. So I challenge you, if you're listening to this later and you're not part of the fast, maybe you pick up a day. Maybe you do a three-day water-only fast. Maybe you do, like I did last year, a seven-day water-only fast. Wherever this spirit of conviction, where the Holy Spirit speaks to you without condemnation, but sweet, sweet conviction, I hope you say yes. Thanks for tuning in to the Fit and Faith podcast and specifically, Pedal and Preach. Come on live with me at 6 a.m. Eastern every single week. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being, The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for Founders, Innovators, and Trailblazers. Here, Marketplace Ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Excited to have you guys. It's gonna be so fun to start the year together. It's my favorite thing. I think so often we get um, intentional in our personal goals, our personal revolutions, resolutions, and revolutions. (laughs) Uh, We are very centralized in that way. Uh, But this is a way for us to truly just cement what the Lord is doing and for us to be in that state, in that posture of receiving, Um, not only receiving because. We want to hear from the Lord about what our year should look like, but more so intentionally just praising him for being good. We know that he is sovereign. We know that he is love. We know that he is uh, steadfast. We know that he is constant. We know that he is so present in what is going on in the world at large. And while it might appear like things are becoming more bleak, it's it's no surprise to God and he is, everything is steadfast in his love and in his corner and in his, his shelter. And so there are so many different reasons when the Lord was prompting me to this. I have never actually started my year in a fast. Um, so if any of you guys have, I'd love for you guys to drop it in the chat. Um, I know some churches like to partic- participate in the 28 21 day Daniel fast, um, which is an awesome fast as well. Um, but I was prompted this past year to practice fasting from an area of discipline for the first time. And it's so funny when you say yes to God around a new discipline, how it starts popping up in all of your reading in the Bible, all of the things that are coming to you. It's like you're now a magnet. It's like you buy the red car and everyone has the red car, right? So I was like, yes to fasting. And then I just was like antennas up to all things that fasting was how it was happening in the Bible, why people were fasting, but more so importantly, what was happening happening after I was fasting. And I don't like to go to God. I know this might sound weird, but I don't like to go to God. Like, I don't like to test him in a sense of being like, God, you did this before. So I'm going to come to you again in this way so that you do it again in the exact same way that you did it before. Right. Because he has a different will for us every single time. And yet he wants us to come to him. And so for fasting specifically, when I did this seven day water fast, I was like I had so much transformation that took place um, that I was almost afraid to go back in because it, it required a lot of transition afterwards. Because the outcomes weren't like a flood of, of influx of money, or it wasn't an influx of um, what appeared at the time to be favor. In fact, the outcome of that seven day water fast was a lot of grief, disappointment, heartache, heartbreak, and yet it was for my good. And so, whatever God is gonna call you into, He's gonna get you through. Thank you. And it was my reliance in that and in him that allowed there to be a revelation to say, wow, while fasting is really hard, there is so much blessing on the other side because I know that I'm standing in his will and not my own. I know that I'm standing in his comfort and his definition of comfort and not my body's definition of comfort. So we're technically, if you started your fast last night before you went to sleep, I think we're technically in like, hour for us, hour about 15 of our fast. Did anybody else start last night? Yeah. Okay, cool. I see some hands. So you guys are already halfway in, even maybe perhaps over halfway in to day one of your fast. So congratulations. I'll just start there. One thing that our family is focusing in on this year um, is celebration. And what does it look like to celebrate? And how can we celebrate more and better? And there are so many biblical contexts of people who who took a moment to celebrate. I think of David just like celebrating in all of his splendor, if you want to call it as such, and even getting um, a little bit ousted because he was worshiping in the manner in which he was. But Time and life goes by way too fast, especially for those of us in the room who have little ones. We need to take moments to celebrate better and not just let it be something that passes by us because it's the next calendar day and there's something new that we need to focus in on. And so I want to celebrate right now for the fact that you just said yes. You said yes to God outside of your own comfort, outside of your own even understanding, perhaps the very first time that you've ever decided to fast. And I can assure you with 100% certainty, and that's the best assurance that anyone can ever give you. It's not a money back guarantee, but it is a favor back guarantee because favor follows friction. And when we can say yes to something like fasting, favor will follow. It might not look like the perfect bowed ribbon and present that you just received from a family friend or from your spouse or whomever, but it will come in a magnitude, in an array that will shock you. It will cause you to have more awe and wonder for the father, and it would allow others to see the fruit that is bared on the other side. So I shared in the chat, if you guys were following some of these D words that had come to mind when I was like in prayer, just God, what is this fast and why did you ask me to invite other people into it? Because you guys are probably really familiar with the fast that everybody puts out. there, like, don't tell anybody you're fasting. Make sure you look beautiful when you're doing it. Make sure that no one doesn't look like your face is sunken in or that you're tired or that you're weary. And that verse is in context to being able to show up in joy, to show up in peace, to show up in the fruits of your spirit versus your body being the one that is weak and weary in that moment. Totally get it. However, there is something about a corporate gathering. You guys know this associated to corporate prayer. You know this associated to corporate worship. This is why the church should be celebrated and applauded and not something that we're poking holes in all the time. We need to come together to celebrate that. And so when he asked me to invite people and just make a post about it and there was all of this response, I'm like, whoa, God, like this is something that needs to happen. And it's in spite of me, he's going to get that glory. But it's knowing that sometimes it's much easier for us to come alongside something that we know that's going to be hard when we have brothers and sisters who are doing it too. And my first fast had about 53 people in it that I was joining somebody else's experience. And it made all the difference every single day to be able to tap in with them, to ask questions about, is this normal that I'm feeling this way? Should I be doing something different in this moment? Why is this happening? The enemy's coming after me. I need prayer. I need support to get past this minute. And so this is a place for us to be able to support one another and utilize that chat. Um, I have yet to, but I 100% will, because it's my favorite way of communication, be dropping in voice memos to you guys throughout the next couple of days, um, especially when I'm just reminded of somebody's ailing points, which I already have been in some ways. Some of the things that I've heard so far are just like, I have a house full of kids, And I don't know that my energy can sustain mothering this house full of kids during these next couple of days when they're still not in school. I totally get it. Or how about you have a very physically exerting job? Totally understand. There's extra calories being burned. What we're constantly taught is calories need to go back in if calories are burned. But do you think Jesus concerned himself with these things when he was called into ministry and he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? Now, he wasn't out there maybe um, uh, running a marathon, but he probably was chopping down wood to make a shelter. He was probably chopping wood to get a fire, right? There was surely things that he was doing in the natural, in the flesh that were going to be of exerting energy and exerting calories. Meanwhile, he's fighting Satan. He's literally having conversations with the devil. So I encourage you, because we've already had, I don't know if she's in here or not, Someone who is participating in this fast who has already had that time with the with the enemy this past evening. And she's sending me messages like, I can't continue. I don't think that I'm worth it. I shouldn't be doing this. I don't, I feel like I'm showing off. Like there's an air of ego to raise your hand to say that you're a part of a fast. How about you say that you're showing God off in that moment to say, we're willing to do something really hard after we just came off of a really comforting season? And so there's lots of lenses that are being taken in this moment. And we're going to go down this list of D words. And I, and I added the ones that you all added in the chat. And I'm sure there's a bajillion more that we could go with. But scripturally, there needs to be a sound place, a holding point for you to be able to go into the word in the moments that there's no one there responding to said message. Because this is about intimacy. Intimacy. And so first, we're going to start in the book of Daniel, and Daniel is in 9.3, speaking to how he is going to be praying for his people. I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures, so we're not actually going to be reading everything, but I wanted you guys to have these as strongholds as, as you go through these next couple of days, and then I'm actually going to allow my hubby to share a little bit more on the um, actual just body and mindset and some strategy that you can use in the process. Um, so Daniel 9.3, he prayed for his people, and this was a time that he was fasting over families, mm-hmm. fasting over his nation in order for them to be able to again be able to pray, <clears throat> again be able to show up in the freedom of their essential belief system. I won't say religion because that's not what this is. This is not a religious practice. This is a practice of freedom in favor of our father, to pursue him. And so we're in a season in this nation and beyond at large in the world where we need to be coming together corporately in agreeance, regardless of our denominations, regardless of what street corner we are, or regardless of what books we've read, regardless of what the Lord has told us individually, because at large, what is transpiring is it seems seemingly grotesque. We've talked about this, that darkness that seems to be getting darker, but the light always overshines and he is already victorious in this fight. We are not trying to win a battle. The battle has been won. And yet the flesh and what's happening in sin around the world, that's ultimately what it is. We'll call it as it is. That's what seemingly feels bleak. And so what if we can rid ourselves as a corporate body of that sin? We can repent and come back into God's love, back into that. What will he do? There are several moments in the Bible, I encourage you to go check this out, where God actually changed his mind. And it says he changed his mind. And part of fasting in corporate prayer is for us to be able to change God's mind. Come back sooner, Lord. We want to encounter you now, God. And so we, this is a time for us to pray over our families and our year and what God wants from us. But how much greater would it be if we took this time to pray over our, our church at large, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, our brothers and sisters who are far from Christ, who we want to come in to this beautiful community and union. We want them to know God the way we know him. We want them to have that fierce loyalty. That We want them to repent Because every single time someone repents and their heart is turned to God, we become stronger as a body here on earth as it is in heaven. And so I know that you likely came here with something that you were eager to from God for you, but you are affecting us and us as a large body. If we're all producing fruit, how much more beautiful is it? How much more succulent is it to the world? So let's do this together. Before I move on I just I really want to just pray and sanctify this time. God we love you. We praise your sweet and mighty name. God we love you that you are both and that you have that rest and that that quality of safety and security and you are also a father who calls us to stand. You call us to make waves. You call us to be change agents. You call us to take authority and have power and dominion. And God, this is the way and the place and the time in which we can do so. But we want to humble ourselves before you first. We know that we're being called into greater things than we've ever experienced. We know that we're being called into bigger battles. And God, we know that that requires strength. But more so than anything, we know that that requires honor and humility. And so we sit at your feet, God. We desperately desire more of you, more of that love, more of that strength, more of that guidance, more of that clarity. God, for this group at large and and the corporate body, God, we want more dreams. We want these dreams to come to fruition And so speak to your people over the next couple of days and on into eternity. But as we fast for you, God, and we rid our bodies of the junk and the cloud and the distractions and the sugars and the things in which we think we need for comfort, Lord, will you fill us up? Will you overflow us with your hydration, with your word, God? You say to feast on your word. We feast on you. We ask you for new strength. We ask you for renewed vision. We ask you for renewed clarity, for new words from heaven. God, for us to be able to prophesy into our families and our communities and our churches and our nations to tell them which way to go, to be bold as lions, to speak loudly, to not shy away from what everyone is doing in the social arena But instead, to go fiercely after you, God, to proclaim the good news when it feels like all we hear is bad news. God, you are sovereign. You are into eternity. You're the beginning and the end. You knew that this day would happen. You knew that these people would gather. And so, God, we don't sit here and try and make sense of it when they're coming from different places and we don't know how we're all connected. We know that there is you and in you we have divine connection. We praise you for that. We say yes to you, God, during these next few days. Speak to us loudly. Allow your sons and daughters to stand with a new sense of authority With a new sense of dominion when they realize that they don't need the things of the world that they can sacrifice their body and their flesh and your spirit man will be more divinely aligned more in power more in clarity than we ever could be without you god so as we share the word as we share the worship as we share in what it is that comes to life through this time frame god May it be all about you. May it be all about you. May it give power to our brothers and sisters to move on. May it help us discern your voice more clearly through this year. May it allow us to let go of the shackles and the strongholds and the things that held us back in years past. God, the rooted things that are even in our systems from generational curses, God, be gone right now in Jesus' mighty name. We walk in freedom with you. And there are limiting beliefs connected to even our nutritional needs. God, that even the Kellogg, the Kellogg brand of breakfast that was created in the 60s didn't even exist when you came to battle with the enemy. God, you were facing a one meal conversation, and we're facing sometimes six tiny meals. Will you break that off of us? Will you make us understand that when you give us the manna that we need each and every day and the absorption and the consumption and the materialism that is blanketed, not only our fridge and our pantries and our grocery stores and the cafeterias and the restaurants, Lord, that it's coming at us from every single angle that we're being taunted and tainted by something that is comfortable in food. God, you are the sustenance we want. You are the succulence we want. You are the savory that we want. So we come together, God, and we ask you for more. We ask you for more of who you are. We ask you for covering in the nations at large, We ask you to truly come and make yourself known to people who are far from you, to turn their hearts from their wicked ways and to stand in unity with us as brothers and sisters, not in division. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this year. We thank you for everything that is before us. We thank you that the story has already been written. We also thank you that you're a God of mercy and you're willing to change your mind to come, to dwell with your children, to protect us. We love you, God. We worship your mighty name. Give us the strength in the next couple of days to just continue to come after you, to seek after you in the pains of hunger, come to seek after you. When we have cloudy vision or dizziness, Lord, to know in our Sabbath rest connected to this fast that you will do far greater things than we could do with our own energy. You're the creator and you're the sustainer of that energy. And we thank you and we praise you. In your mighty name, Yeshua, Jesus, amen. Okay, so D is design, amen, amen, amen. D is design, We are designed for intimacy. We are designed for intimacy. And there is nothing more intimate than understanding as you take your very breath, he is with you. The song, the blessing, we sang it in church yesterday where he goes before you and behind you and beside you and within you. Do we forget that? Because we're running to our food for comfort, because we're running and we're so good at it in a clock's time frame, we know, oh wow, it's lunchtime. Can we shift our minds in the next couple of days? It's not lunchtime, it's lunchtime. Like it's actually, let's go to the word, let's eat before we commune. And so, with that intimacy, we know that when Jesus was with God, those 40 days and 40 nights, it was a designed time before he launched into his ministry. And I know some of the faces on here who are eagerly awaiting God to unlock that next stage, to unlock that next opportunity, to step in fully and entirely to the next season of life that God has prepared for you. But first, he's saying, but first come dwell with me but first come rest with me. But first get to know me a little bit more than you have because I want to show a new side of myself. I mentioned that seven day water fast that I went on earlier this year or this past year. And um, the number one thing that I took away from it, the number one learned lesson was honor. I learned through the story of David and Saul, which is where I was scripturally during that seven days in my Bible in a year, I learned what it meant to honor. When David honored Saul, even when he was after his own head. When David honored Saul, when he was after his position. When David honored Saul, when he had the very opportunity to literally kill him, to completely take dominion in that moment. And instead, he just took his helmet and said, hey, look what I got. I took this moment not to take you but instead to give you grace, to give you mercy. And so I think that there are people who are coming after your position. I think there there are people coming after your unique power. I think that there are people who are coming after you at large and they're hurting your ego and they've been in stopping you from that next position, maybe like I said, generationally. And so whether it's a people, a place, a power or a position, we have to remember that God has divinely orchestrated those things on your behalf. And you might have to move past what you currently know. And it might look like honor. It might look like honoring someone that doesn't necessarily deserve honor in the flesh. It might mean like moving positions outside of a company outside of a community, outside of a church body, in order to reposition yourself somewhere else that is going to breathe life over that. It might mean moving yourself outside of circles of people and putting yourself into places like this where people are going to equip you, cheer you on, inspire you, and not speak anything besides truth into your identity we're designed for intimacy. And this is an intimate time. We're also designed to have discipline in our life. I love discipline connected to the new habits, to the resolutions, to the goals. This is self-help, right? This is the self-help arena. And God told me after 2022 founder con that we were going to stand on top of the self-help industry His word his truth is the only lasting help that we need And it is not in ourself it is not in our flesh that we create power It is not in our flesh that we open up a new territory or position It's not in our flesh that this habit will then reap the new thing that you're going to achieve. It's called fruit, but the world doesn't know it to be so. Because they're not looking for patience. They're looking for speed. They're not looking for gentleness. They're looking for authority. They're not looking for kindness. They're looking to be heard, and they don't care what they say to be heard. In fact, that's gossip, that's slander. Those are all the things that we're going to see in 2024 when it comes to the the president's elect, what's to come in this election. We're going to see these things and it's going to continue to rage. It's what we see over Gaza and Israel right now. But when we think about discipline and we think about it from an intimate perspective of self, and then the corporate body if we could come together to fast discipline breeds maturity and what is happening around the world is very immature and so if, if favor follows friction in a healthy way and discipline breeds maturity god is coming for a pure mature bride that's who he's coming back for and so this is an act of discipline this is an act of surrender of flesh to say God I want to be more like you Jesus I want to be more like you I'm not asking you for 40 days and 40 nights I'm asking you for three and that maturity that comes on the other side of it to learn something like honor that was not something my immature flesh was looking for I can tell you that I was not seeking how do I honor someone better Though it's scripturally amazing when it comes to hubby and wife scenarios, it's a biblical truth that we're supposed to honor and respect our parents. But I didn't even really know what that meant until this past year. And so it's a becoming journey, always becoming, such as maturity. The next D is to detract. So this is to take away. From our natural body, our natural mind, the things that are keeping us from becoming intimate and remaining disciplined. This is the design and the discipline. This is all stacking together. So in order to detract, we have to know a couple of things about our body. We have to know a couple of things about our mind. What gets in our way? Who has a, um, a sugar a crash that's likely about to come after the holidays of all the cookies and the sweets that you just indulged in, right? Yes, that's likely going to be a pain. Our kiddos are actually participating in this fast, not water only. They're doing sugar, and so that will actually continue for a thirty day uh, sugar fast window in our home. So I encourage you if you have families, how can they participate in this fast? Because if we're going to create mature, mature children, train them up in the way they go, I don't want them to be 37 when they figure out what honor means, right? And so how can we teach them a discipline such as fasting now? Again, something I was never exposed to when I was younger. So discipline, then detract. I don't know if he's available. Baby, Are you free to share with us a bit about what it looks like in the natural to detract from your home the things that are enticing you to uh, answer your fleshly call when it comes to landscape design?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that you spoke about uh, junk and distractions, right? And in a time like this, what I see is that we lean into getting that junk and distractions out of our house. A way that we do it in our house, we call it landscape design. The same way that your mulch bed has flowers and the way that your grass looks and where your mailbox positioned and how you place your cars in the driveway, you're designing that landscape, right? So we bring that into the house. We invite everyone to bring that into the house. Then when we come into the house, we see it in where the plants are inside and how the couch is positioned and things of that nature. Now we bring it into the refrigerator into the pantry right and we want to make sure that we're the healthiest versions of ourselves and that we don't get distracted by junk right and so if we have and this is this is this is my this would be my downfall if there was Oreos in the house, I would eat all three sleeves of the Oreos at once right but I make sure that as we as we grocery shop we don't purchase those Oreos and bring them into the house. So we're designing the landscape, right? And then we don't give the kids the ability to fall into that same trap that I would fall into. So we, we we really focus on designing landscape in all facets of our lives, right? It could be intentionality of date night. It could be intentionality of how the living room works. It could be intentionality of how the kids do homework. But for this fast, it's going to be going through the pantry, going through the refrigerator, and I think that we lean into now clearing those those out of distractions and junk. So I think even as we're we're drinking our water, right? Even though even as we are sitting in prayer, we open the fridge and we open the, the pantry and we say, "What is for our family? What's good for our family? What is safe for our family? What does God want for our family?" Right? And anything that's not there that's good that's for God or that's safe, throw it away or, or donate it, you know? Um, so that's where I think that landscape design would really help here.
0: Thanks, baby. Um, mm-hmm. This has been something that you'll hear us talk about often. Cause like you said, it also is connected to like your marriage. It's connected <laughs> to the the way in which you um, set up your office, right? And how you get distracted and that everything is landscape design. And um, if it's not there, it now takes maturity for you and discipline when you go to the grocery store the next time and the kids are like, oh, can we get fishies? And you're like, no, we're actually going to try something new. Let's like home make, you know, now dehydrators are all the rage. You can get them for a hundred bucks. And like, there's so many things that we can do that actually instill this health inside of our family and our home and allows us to be fueled by the things God has gifted us rather than um, tainted by the things man has made. And this is an at large conversation, and we're talking about it associated to food, but truly think about that. What has man made that they're giving you? They're selling you every single day, not even an association to food. I love that you guys are are taking notes in the um chat to, to say that the the world is looking for speed, and we are looking for patience, right? And so to understand that, it, you're going to realize now, just by us having this conversation, your antennas are going to be up to all the things that you're being sold in the next three days. Maybe you're scrolling on social media. It could be sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? From, it's still being sold today. How can we turn our minds off from that? Because ultimately, I believe every single thing that we're being sold is rooted in sin if it's not from God. It's rooted in sin, so it might be called something else, and it might be socially normalized. This is connected from a landscape design arena for us. We were personally convicted on alcohol about four and a half years ago, so we've been sober, you can call it, for for four and a half years. Um, We didn't struggle with alcohol, but generationally our families did. I was a wine rep at the time. So that's interesting. A wine rep that doesn't try her wine. That doesn't really work. Didn't work long. It was about a month. And then I gave away all the cases. And so there are things that God is going to ask of you that are going to be a personal conviction for you. That is not everybody else's storyline. It's not on everybody else's agenda. It's not on their timeline. But you're going to evoke change in the people around you. It's going to inspire people to seek after this bizarre fruit that you now have that they never had access to. And all of these things, especially landscape design, in any of these arenas allows you to have peace. And that's what we ultimately want. We want peace. But we're positioning ourselves in chaotic places with chaotic amounts of overload of things. And so detract, what's detracting you? In Joel, Joel 2, 12 through 13, the people were called to return to God with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Now, if you know me at all, you know that I am one for joy. I am a joy advocate. I love to bring joy everywhere I go. Ashley, yes, my joy sister in the house. That's like our passion. It's the fruit that I never never forget about. Now, that's in constant abiding because I lived two decades of my life, nearly three decades of my life, passing out what was like fictitious happiness, and that was exhausting. On the other side of encountering Jesus and staying in that abiding, the joy is just, that's what the Lord is like, girl, you're my joy. I'm like, okay. And so when we think about that connected to Joel and the weeping in the morning, I have had the most disappointing year that I'm leaving behind, that I've ever experienced when it comes to my business, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to partnerships. And I never anticipated that. And yet I'm walking into the year with such joy and abundance after mourning and weeping. And so as we start a year, our our hope is that we're starting in peace, we're starting in joy, we're starting in excitement and internalizing all of the good things that we want and trying to put them out into the atmosphere. But maybe you haven't taken a beat over everything that happened last year. Maybe you haven't had a chance for that reflection. Maybe you haven't had a chance for that mourning or that weeping or that letting go of. I would encourage you during this time when you might be crying for those cookies, (laughs) for you to cry after the thing that God is asking you to release that's so much bigger than that and to come into truth of your identity in the process. Because the biggest thing that we want to sharpen and shape at this time is your identity. And you are mature and you are disciplined and you are designed for this, for this fast, And so the next one is to deploy, because once we get to that place, we can then operate in tandem and go ready, set, run. And the running looks different than the speed I'm talking to. The running looks like abiding. The running comes from a spirit of rest. And so when people question you, they're like, how are you doing all the things? Hashtag, because I see a lot of go-getters on this call. You don't have to question that you're doing it out of pride. You don't have to question that you're doing it because that's what the world is telling you to do. You get to to be completely confident that God has called me into this season and he makes me an energizer bunny because I'm constantly plugging in to the source. When we plug into the source, our batteries never run out. That doesn't mean that we don't rest. That doesn't mean that we don't practice Sabbath. That doesn't mean that we don't fast and we are not on the sugar fuel or the caffeine kick that we're used to. I saw someone mention caffeine. I get it. That was definitely my morning. I was like, oh, I'm a little more sleepy than I am at 5 a.m. usually. This is weird, but I go right to coffee. So going right to Christ for that energy boost. Like he is more capable than caffeine. He created caffeine. He created the coffee bean. Okay, so coming into this knowledge and knowing that you are about to be commissioned, you are about to deploy as a warrior, as an army member of Christ, and this is why we do it corporately. Because I know individually you're being called into something great. You're being called that you're going to take dominion. But as Chris Rickstrue, dropping fire in the corner, him, we're in this mission together. When I look down the line of the front line of the territory that I'm about to claim, I better not be alone. I better be with Gideon's army of 300. Because I know that there are angels that are warring on our behalf because we've corporately, divinely aligned ourselves to them. We've commissioned them and we've commissioned ourselves to the front lines to say, God, we will do this in your strength and not mine. We will do this in your timing and not mine. We will do this in your way and not mine. And when I look down that line on both sides, I want warriors like you standing next to me, people who are not afraid to speak up about their faith. People who are not afraid to go into a time of weeping or mourning or fasting for people they never even have met and likely never will. That they're willing to do and take part in kingdom expansion, even if they're an Abraham and they never meet the many nations which they impact. Even if they're a Moses and they never actually get to go to the promised land. We all want to be Joshua. Joshua. We all want to be the pioneer, the leader. That like, let's go. We're going to take dominion. And you might be. But what if you're not? Are you still willing to be the number two, the number five, the number 10? Are you willing to do it without the name recognition? Are you willing to do it without the glory? Are you willing to do it without the millions of followers on social media? Are you willing to do it without the millions of dollars that you think you need? Because in my Perspective, And what I've been taught time and time again from the Lord is that the manna is enough. And when we gripe and we complain and we grumble about what we don't have because it doesn't look like what other people have doing the same thing that you want to do, God is saying, yeah, I know. I've uniquely positioned you with the resources that you have, and I am always enough. You have exactly what you need, and I'm deploying you to the front lines. The three other Ds that you all dropped were divine, which out of Psalm 35, 13, David himself humbled himself in the morning. I believe the divinity that we're looking for is humility. Humility is going to be what changes people's minds humility of the church to say, you know what? We got this wrong. You know what? We spoke that out of, of self-centeredness. We spoke that out of greed. We spoke that out of lack of knowledge. We spoke that out of religious tradition. When we go to the word and he gives us capital T truth, Nothing and no one should stop you from going after it and teaching others. Ultimately, we are all messengers, every single one of us. And the most ill-equipped, the one who's in the room right now who feels like the least of these, you have what it takes. You have what it takes. The next one is devote if we can devote ourselves to this, and I'm going to ask something of you that is beyond the three days because God is like that. And he has asked if we can devote ourselves to fasting for the first three days of every single month, it's going to change kingdom expansion as we know it in the year 2024 and moving forward. And so whether you commit to one day two days or three days, it's a three-day water fast at the first, second, and third of every month of this year. Are you willing to devote yourself? Oh, wow, look at that. Melissa said she already planned to do it. Come on. This was just sparked in this conversation, just so you know. I did not have a plan to ask you this at all. Cause I want to show God that I am devoted to him and I'm not just doing it as a cool trend and I'm not just doing it as a way to start my year, but I'm devoted to your will, God, your will be done. And if we can do that, man, it's going to change everything. And the maturing process is going to be beautiful. The last one is detox. That's what that is. It's to say I'm willing to detox in the mind, the body, every single month for this year. Because I want a renewed focus on the spiritual realm instead of my fleshly realm. Something I have been pursuing hard is the angelic and the demonic realm. Not pursuing demonic, but being able to confront it and to know that it is real. And to know that it is literally something transpiring day in and day out. And we think that we're just all these bodies controlling things. There's so much more happening. And so when I rid myself of body, when I rid myself of flesh, when I rid myself of mentality and emotion and I get in tune with the spirit, I know there's going to be spiritual, angelic breakthrough. That's what I'm going after. Because if we can start to literally take territory in that space, everyone that you've wanted to come to salvation, it's going to happen. You're going to see it in your lifetime. Y'all, I hope that this blessed you today. I hope that it inspired you. I hope that it made your wheels spin a little bit. I hope that you're able to fight past the, what's going to happen in the next couple of days. Some things I want to bring to mind is some of the things I prayed about at the beginning, dizziness or lack of clarity or those stomach pains that you're like, I'm starving. Every single time my kids tell me that, I am reminded by a tiny little sweet girl that I held that was about two years old in the Dominican Republic earlier this past year. And she was nibbling on this tiny little grape for about the whole hour. I was holding her and I was like, this is the cutest little habit. And the woman said, Yeah, well, she only gets three grapes a day. And so she savors every little bite. What if we savored every little bite? And the times where we got the stomach pains, we ran to the sustenance, we ran to the word, and we prayed it away. And if you don't feel strong enough to do that, you come to the group, you drop it. Hey, I'm struggling. And one out of the 50 people who are in this group will be able to to get to you to pray for you and to know corporately that we're doing this together it truly changes because you know somebody else is feeling that way you know somebody else doesn't have that same morning energy because they're not doing the caffeine a couple of things that if you're like man i can't like uh i on my seven day water fast Um, the first time i i did it it was a three-day water fast so this was the first time i uh day three was throwing up in the toilet in the morning and i was like what is this i haven't had anything how am i throwing up i was just weak and i was like craving something i was also detoxing so understand that what comes out of you must come out of you otherwise it's staying in there I was a nutritionist and a personal trainer in my early 20s, and I did not know about worms and the worms that dwell in our body, which I believe are demonic, um, until the last probably five years. But there are many people on this call who have actually expelled their worms during things like this. And so don't be freaked out if something comes out of you. It isn't meant to be there, okay? Okay. Another thing that you can do, and these are my two kind of like quick tip, quick tricks. If you must, there is a half teaspoon of honey that you can take. Okay, a half teaspoon of honey. It's all you need. You can put it in your water or you can just take it. I like to just take it and that literally will get you through. I did that two times on my last um, seven day water fast and I I don't know if I couldn't do it. I'm going to try this time to not do it. But it was on day four and day six. And after that, I could have kept going after day seven. The other thing is bone broth. And so if you've not yet picked up a bone broth or you have to go, I I really don't encourage you to go to a grocery store or restaurants unless you have to. Um, And I also don't encourage you to hang out in your kitchen unless you're a mom like me and you're going to be making meals, which I'll be doing. There's nothing like smelling what you're not able to cook. (laughs) But that is discipline. My kiddos are nine and 10, Olivia. I'm right in the mist. So I hope, does anybody have any questions? We're going to pray our way out of here in a minute, but I want to open the space. You guys can unmute your mic. You can share a fear. You can share a concern. You can can share a, a tip if you've done this many times before. I'm totally a newbie, so I don't speak to it as an expert. I just speak to it through God's prompting. How much bone broth and when did you drink it? Um, I had to have bone broth on, well, my seven-day water fast, I didn't have bone broth at all. Um, I waited until that was, oh, that's an important part, actually. Thank you for saying that. So on my seven-day water fast, the only thing that I had was two half teaspoons of honey. Um, The bone broth, how you come off your fast is just as important as what you're doing right now. So please make sure you have an abundance of water near you. You can sprinkle in pink Himalayan salt into your water, which will actually be like an electrolyte. That's what that's what electrolytes are inside of like Gatorade. That's the good thing. So you can put that inside just a little sprinkle. Um, you can use lemon water if you're like, I can't do this water. I'm so bored with water. Use lemons um, that will help you as well. Um, but don't eat your lemons. Just put the the juice inside of your water. I also just like to have warm water. It like changes the consistency and I'm used to having hot tea. So I'm tricking myself. Literally, I'm just disciplining my mind to be like, this is warm tea with honey. It's so delightful. And it's really not. Um, but when I did the bone broth, the bone broth was the preparation. This is what I encourage you to drink at the end of your fast. Do not run to the refrigerator and eat the meal that you imagined yourself to eat. I ate steak the first time after my three-day water fast, and I vomited very quickly your body is not going to be used to decomposing what it is that it's been constantly used to. So your tummy is contracting. A lot of amazing physical things are happening. I will actually drop into the chat, um, uh, a doctor who talks about what happens during a three-day water fast physically it has no connotation to Christianity at all. So hold tight to that, but, um, just be mindful that what you put in your body after that, I encourage it to be like soft vegetables, make a stew, maybe that last day, like just smell the aroma of that stew until you you get to enjoy it, um, but don't eat things that are really hard for you and definitely don't have sugar because your body, that's the hardest thing for your body to process. So prepare what that final meal is. That's where I had my bone broth and then like a sweet potato kale soup was what I made after my seven day one. Any other questions? Am I missing anything in the chat? Um, yeah, it's, just, joy. it's joy. Good morning. Good
2: morning. I am, um, battling a sinus infection. There's just so many attacks; it's not even funny. Um, I don't know why I'm gonna start crying, but I'm really. I'm... This was such a god thing, honestly. Um, but anyway, so my question is: so I take supplements every day. Am I not taking those right now? It's just water. I'm just drinking water.
0: Generally, your supplements are meant to be ma- taken with food because that food, helps, right? To, yeah, to decon, like to to, to 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 digest that. I yeah. yeah. Well, say unless there is something medically that you need, I would not take it. So like taking collagen or taking your daily vitamin or any of that, I would, I would not do it. Um, because otherwise you're going to get nauseous and you're going to tell yourself that you need food because you have that inside of you.
2: Right. Okay. Well, that was, that was what my thinking was anyway. Um, today I'm, I'm I am on day five of steroids for my back pain. So I'm going to have like, some eggs and some avocado for breakfast just to have it with that last meal. Um, But yeah, I was, I just was curious about that. So thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. (laughs) I love you. I'm glad that it was a God thing. I think just even coming off of the sickness, it's almost like letting go a truly like a representation of what was and what you were carrying in 2023 that is now going to be freed up for you to run into 2024 and what God has store in store for you. Joel. I'm going into some of that. Yep. 12 and 13. That's when um he was called. He called to fast and weep and mourn. Stephanie. Good. You got lemons. I'm just making sure I didn't mention. Um, for if somebody does get to the point where they're like, I have to have bone broth, um, the, they're usually the bone broth containers have like s- a more like 32 ounces in them, unless you get a small self-serving of the eight ounce one, don't have more than that eight ounces. Just drink like a one cup of, um, coffee slash bone broth, right? And then just keep on rolling with it. You're doing amazing. You can even dilute it. You could do half bone broth, half water, just to get a little bit of it, just to have a little bit of that spike. But you can do this, and I'm so excited to hear from you guys. What are the things that you walk through? Take notes if you want to journal it. Um, journal it in association to your, your, your body feelings, your emotional feelings. Um, one of the things that um, is, a, I think, an amazingly powerful thing when we are connected to food is the comfort the, the quote-unquote comfort that we get from specific foods or times of days where we eat, where that's like our comforting, okay, I'm going to sit around the table with my family. How can we start shifting those things to where is comfort? Where is communication that is healthy? Where are times of rest happening? Where, again, are we running for that sustenance rather than going because you're bored to the pantry? And knowing that you're clearing out that pantry in the process, so there shouldn't really be anything that isn't cookable inside of your pantry unless you have, like, dehydrated fruits. Um, Everything else you should have to cook, um, and it's not mac and cheese. So (laughs) consider that as well. Um, Rice, quinoa, things like that. Um, Kelly, I see that you typed, I feel guilty. And I am assuming a part of that is because... You're joining us in not the full context of the water fast. There are several other people that are doing that. So first off, there is no condemnation in Christ. There is also no condemnation in the season and the days in which you're doing this that somebody else isn't. I think releasing any of those things that have a stronghold on you, um, social media, scrolling, um, Netflix, what are those things that you hold tight to that you can fully release there is a massive variable to being able to release food because it is the number one thing that we have been um, in uh, awareness of that we think our body needs, and and it's a lie. So that's why things like Naked and Afraid and those crazy shows, we were a survivor, we were like, holy cow, how are they doing this? Like you actually realize, wow, we're so much stronger than we think. But I don't want anybody medically doing this unless they've consulted a doctor, and if it's an energy thing – Maybe you can try it for a day and see what happens, but no guilt allowed. We're praying for you. Any other thoughts or questions before we pray out? I'm so excited about. We've got some crews of people who are kind of linked to the first person who's coming to these Zooms, um, but there's like people behind them. You saw Eddie um, mentioned that there's about six other guys who are participating in this water fast, but they're not going to be here. There's spouses that are participating. I see Tamika, you actually mentioned, I want to make note of this, that your spouse is not in agreement or not on board with this. So he's going to be eating up his yummy steak in front of you. I'm going to pray for your nostrils, and I'm also going to pray that your discipline it exposes to him an opportunity, and it actually just ignites personal conviction, and not in condemnation, but an invitation. That's the most important thing that we can do for everyone around us. This is not in condemnation, that they don't do something or have it. I just started fasting. This is a new discipline. This is a new level of maturity in my Christian walk with the Lord, and not everyone is going to do it at the exact same time. Natalie, awesome. Obedience, of course. Yay, I love it, Kat. All right, let's pray. Lord, we are amazed by you. (laughs) We, We hear you. God, I hear the calling for more. I hear that if we want more, more will be expected. God, I hear the standing on the shoulders of giants and therefore for us to be that example to other people, to do it when it doesn't feel comfortable. To do it when it doesn't make sense. To do it outside of the confines of the traditional calendar, Lord. To do it because you've asked us and to do it because you're worthy. God, we worship you. This is an act of worship. And of all the heart postures we could have, that's where I want us to remain. That you are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. That I don't need anything from you. That we don't want anything from you. You've given us the best gift more than we could ask hope or imagine you've given us more than we deserve we've given and you've given your son and we thank you for that we thank you for who he is we thank you that he was the example that allows us to walk into this fast more boldly more confidently because he did it for 40 days and 40 nights multiple times lord fasting was his practice God, for us to be more like you, we have to become more like him. And therefore, we can all sit in communion in a whole nother way. And so we just thank you for the invitation to fast with you and to for you. God, we ask that you come near to us in this time, that you speak clearly to us through your word that we're going to be feasting on, through the worship that we're going to have playing in our ears and in our spirits through the next several days. God, and that this creates an invitation that we don't have to go around and blast that we're on a fast, that we can kindly decline the cookie, we can kindly decline the invitation to lunch or dinner, and we can just be in your presence, Lord. We can make new rituals in our home that honor you. We can invite our children and our parents and our our friends into this fast. They're not too late. It's never too late. God, and they can do it over the course of the year, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for creating divine alignment for other people who needed this and they were going to do it by themselves, and now they have a corporate body to do it with. Thank you for these brothers and sisters who are brave and bold and fearless in their faith. I pray that we teach one another. I pray that we celebrate one another. I pray that we come back and maybe it's not an immediate response that we get from you. Maybe it's a month later. Maybe it's two months later. Maybe it's after another practice fast, God, that your response around their big circle is answered. Whatever they're circling, God, make it be known to your heaven's host, to all the angels that we come and we partner on your behalf for your will to be done. And we know that as we fast, God, The desires of your heart come into alignment with ours because we are seeking your kingdom and your righteousness. And therefore, all of our hearts' desires will become. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for this new year, for the breath in our lungs and the beat in our chest. We love you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. We will do a final communion together. And so um, that will it could be the bone broth <laughs> instead of the juice or the wine um, and bread, and I'm looking forward to that with you guys. So just keep an eye on the chat and make sure we're lifting one another up through the next three days. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Bless you. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. over there. Check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you.